up what's up what's up everybody it's the shrews cast come back at you once again it's shrews with his co-host josh buchanan and we're ready for a great show before we get started i got two things to mention first and foremost josh i'm sorry that i'm a little late getting this recorded the wife came home or the fiance came home a little late and she wanted to spend some time together and uh just wanted to apologize brother you ain't gotta apologize for that don't apologize for spending time with her because that gave me some time to spend with mine as well. So no apologies necessary. Don't ever feel like you have to apologize for that. All right. Family comes first. It does. And secondly, I just wanted to remind everybody that we will not be having the Shrews cast for the next couple weeks because next Friday will be rehearsal for the wedding. And Josh is going to be a part of that as well as me. And we'll be on our honeymoon the Friday after that. But in about three weeks, expect the Shrews cast to be back with another guest. Sounds like a winner. And right around that time should be around the time of the NBA finals. And there's a lot of playoff discussion to be had, man. But uh, let's real quick just dive in just to a small bit of NFL news, more so for me anyway. Wide receiver Jarvis Landry is now making his way back to New Orleans as he is officially now signed on with the New Orleans Saints. That's a pretty pretty good size pickup there because the Saints could definitely use a pretty strong receiving core that's not just Michael Thomas. And getting Landry out of uh, Cleveland, that'll help him his stock out a little bit because he's not having Baker Mayfield throwing to him. Um, I mean, I know Jameis's history can be a little bit checkered, but... You know, as of right now, Jameis is under a better system, though, than what Baker Mayfield is or was at this point. And then, of course, you got Chris Olave that they drafted in the wide receiver slots. That's three pretty good receivers that Jameis has targets for uh, this coming season in New Orleans. Yeah, I think the Saints will surprise people. I'm not sure quite how good they are, how far they'll go, but I definitely believe they're one of the surprise teams. They'll be one of the surprise teams that people won't expect this season. I'm I'm still saying wild card until we see what Tampa Bay does. That's that's as high as I want to go with New Orleans because I got to be realistic. I can be optimistic, but I got to be realistic too. Yeah, man, you can never count out Tom Brady. You, the man has a 22 year career record of a uh, proving doubters wrong. If he hadn't have come back, I'd have said New Orleans could have had a shot at winning the division. But as long as Brady's there, uh, but, you know, I think it's going to at least be a season split between the Saints and the Buccaneers. The Saints did pull off a sweep last year, but uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to do a lot of remembering eventually. And the number eventually is going to catch up with them. And I think it's going to catch up a little bit this season. But I don't know. With a if you have a stout enough defense that uh, the Saints have been building and starting to rebuild some of that offense, then plus when Kamara comes back from suspension, I think New Orleans has a really good shot at making the wild card, especially with some of these NFC teams uh, really taking a hit in terms of losing players. For sure. Um... I'm really optimistic about my Steelers. It's crazy that I think the Steelers could realistically have a seven and 
or I guess a eight and ten or a seven. Like have a record that's bad but not that bad and still be the fourth team in the division. So yeah, you're looking at uh, you're thinking like that nine eight uh range, like kinda like how New Orleans was last year, kinda like nine and eight or eight and nine somewhere around in there, but still being in the hunt. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, because we got to count for the extra game now, because now there's 17 games as opposed to 16. Right. And by the way, how about the Chargers releasing their uh, schedule in the style of a anime video? I saw it, and I thought it was brilliant, <laughs> especially when it got to the part of the Browns uh, where they <laughs> didn't make mention of Deshaun Watson, where it says, under the legal guidance of our lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, thought that was I thought that was great. Yeah, man, social media for sports teams and just people in general is really blown up. And they do a lot of mass media marketing and comedy skits and stuff to draw in viewers. Yeah. So it's it's kind of refreshing to see for sure. So we'll see what the season holds because you know it's still I think we're still a couple months away, I believe, before teams actually officially hit training camp. Um, and then three games, I believe, make up the preseason this time around. And then, of course, the 17 games, but 18 total weeks that make up the NFL season. Right. So what is your too early – Super Bowl prediction. Like, we are super early. Man, uh, I'd really have to think about it. Um, give me yours first and give me some time to think about it. I'll have to t- take some time to think about it as well because the defending champs also lost a lot of key players. It's true. The Rams lost a lot of them. I mean, they still got Cooper Cup, you know, and Matthew Stafford's been one of their better quarterbacks that they've had rotate through there. Because um, Jared Goff and his track record there lasts about as long as a cup of coffee. And you see how he's tearing it up right now in Detroit. Oh, yeah. So. You know, Detroit is the only team in the NFL that did not get any primetime games this year. I did notice that. I did notice that. Um so- does that mean they're not playing on Thanksgiving? Because I typically would consider – because I believe the Lions have played on Thanksgiving as long well, as I can remember. they play on Thanksgiving, but prime time is around the 8 p.m. or so time slot on TV. That's what they call the prime time slot. Okay. So their Thanksgiving game is always early afternoon. Usually they're the first game on is Detroit. Then it's the Dallas game, and then – they started adding in a third game. It used to be just Detroit and Dallas. Now there's a third game. Gosh, imagine having to spend your Thanksgiving being thankful for Detroit and the Cowboys. Sorry, Scotty. (laughs) Well, Scotty has a lot more to be thankful for for Dallas than a lot of fans in the Motor City right now anyway because Detroit Tigers ain't exactly burning it up either, and neither are the Red Wings. Matter of fact, neither are the Pistons. Right now, Detroit's just a – becoming a cesspool for sports as of right now. They're a little bit better in a cesspool. Give them a garbage dump. (laughs) But uh, 
We now dive out of NFL news, and we're going straight into a big discussion about the NBA playoffs. Let's first talk about the games from last night, and we start with Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat knocking off uh, Ben Simmons II, a.k.a. James Harden, and the Philadelphia 76ers, knocking them out of the playoffs in six games. So, Matt, you called that one, so kudos to you on that. I I, I thought Philadelphia would have had more of a showing than that, but, you know, James Harden's basically just a higher-paid Ben Simmons. I want to give James Harden some credit. He actually does, like, suit up and, like, run the court. He does at least get cardio. Yeah. But, you know, he'll get his his regular season stats in and then, you know, do the – cooking up or whatever, whatever it is that he thinks he's so good at and everything. But then when it comes crunch time, he's there. We got to throw out an all points bulletin for him because we can't find him. Yeah. That's why I've always considered it laughable that people think that James Harden's better than Kobe Bryant was. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody wants to talk about all these points and everything that LeBron's gotten. And, I mean, he has gotten a lot. That's not to take away from him. But he's also been on a one-track mind for a lot of it. Now, granted, he has also had to carry a lot of things, too. But having that kind of a mentality, I think, also hurts because then you start to think that you're greater than where you really stand. Now, are we talking about LeBron or James Harden? Because you said LeBron. Well, I'm talking LeBron in this case, too, because it's another prime example. Okay, just making sure. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got to think of it because, I mean, LeBron's kind of in that same pool, but he actually does show up in playoff time. So I do give LeBron that much. That is true. LeBron is... LeBron's a very polarizing player. Like, you, I don't really know a lot of people that are indifferent towards him. A lot of people like him or a lot of people don't like him. I mean, and honestly, I've just always kind of been more so on the fence, especially like during the days of Miami because, I mean, I liked him when his first run in Cleveland and everything – but then he basically joined Miami to win a championship. That's all it was. It wasn't for anything else. It wasn't to really build the next dynasty. It was just so that way LeBron could get his reign. Right. Then, you know, I could respect him going back to Cleveland and bringing the championship back to the city that he said he was going to win it at. So I'll give him credit for that. But I don't know. It's just during this time in L.A., it's – it's just, to me, brought out the worst in LeBron. L.A. has that effect on a lot of people, it seems like. Um, yeah, you just got to ask the right people for it. I mean, you know, Kawhi and Paul George have been able to have some success being out there in L.A., but, you know, it's different wearing uh, red, white, and blue as opposed to the purple and gold. Oh, for sure. Because you're under a bigger microscope wearing that purple and gold. Arguably the biggest microscope in sports. Yes, your yeah, your biggest microscopes are Lakers, 
Cowboys, Yankees, bar none. That's your biggest microscopes in all of professional sports. Well, I mean, I can't speak for uh... – I can't speak for uh, soccer or football. Mm, I don't know, because, but, I mean, credit to the Seattle Sounders for tearing it up right now. So, you know, they're not just doing it on a national stage. Now they're doing it on an international stage. So. Is that an American-based team? Yes, it is. It is the Seattle Sounders. So. They, their fan base gets really about as loud for Seattle soccer as the Seahawks fans do for football. So, I mean, they draw some pretty sellout crowds to give credit where credit is due. Seattle Sounders probably have one of the best fan bases in all of uh, American soccer, no question. I I just I know I know soccer in general typically has a hard time developing a following in America. I know it's the most popular sport worldwide, but it's good for them. I, I I like seeing multiple sports succeed, and I like seeing America be good at every yeah, sport. I, I can't remember what big international tournament it was that Seattle just won, but. It, you know, they won the MLS Cup, but then they also won another big international-style tournament. I can't remember what the name of it is, but Seattle's really burning it up right now. So, got to give credit where credit is due uh, to that franchise in Major League Soccer. But um, we digress for a second. But uh, we talk a lot about, you know, yet another Philadelphia failure. But what about another resurgence in this case for the Miami Heat? Because last year the Heat, did not bring the heat. So, uh, you know, see what I did there. Um, but this time around, it seems like this is the Miami team that maybe probably honestly should have beaten the Lakers in the bubble. I agree. Um, there are a few noticeable differences, but uh, this Miami team definitely is reminiscent of that bubble team that gave the Lakers a fight. If Jimmy Butler does what he did in the finals back in 2020, Miami is going to be a tough out no matter who plays them. And that's troubling for either Boston or Milwaukee, but we'll talk about Bucks and Celtics here in a little bit. But, you know, this Heat team's starting to get it together with, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, of course, sixth man of the year. Bam Adebayo is really coming into his own. Um so, I mean, no matter who makes it out between Boston and Milwaukee, they got their work cut out for them going to South Beach. Oh, they do for sure. They're, I mean, sometimes people say that one seeds end up being fluky. Uh, a lot of times, I know a few years ago they mentioned it about the Utah Jazz being the one seed, not being a fluke, mm. but I, I do I do believe Miami kind of earned their – Earn their flowers, so to speak. Uh, they're definitely uh, a heat. They're definitely a basketball team in an Eastern Conference. I believe that um, whoever wins the Eastern Conference wins the NBA uh, Finals. Ooh, okay. Bold prediction on the house. Free of charge. 
Um, but, I mean, honestly, the way it's playing right now, it's not too far off, especially because we could be using that fluky term about, believe it or not, the Phoenix Suns. Because we are now in the process of getting a Game 7. Thanks to Luka and the Dallas Mavericks. It's a shame we couldn't have Tyler on this show. I have seen his Facebook posts and stuff, and he has been on the Luka bandwagon. But it is well-deserved because Luka has been a house of fire. I didn't think that he would last you know, as long in this series against the Suns as he has. But we have to give this young man credit. I mean, he has brought it. But it's also those role players for Dallas that are making those road games more difficult for the Suns to win. Oh, for sure. And with this momentum, the pressure is now solely on Phoenix, not Dallas. Dallas... I mean, you know, technically, I mean, obviously they have something to lose with it being game seven, but really they don't have anything to lose because Dallas was never supposed to make it seven games. Now, most people had, most people I knew had Dallas out in no later than six. And Phoenix was supposed to more easily handle New Orleans too. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Golden State is struggling against Memphis without Jaw Morant, which, granted, Memphis has been a tough team without Jaw the whole year that he's missed, but that's still. And then Phoenix is struggling. I just, I don't know. I think, I think the West is more balancedly strong, but I think the East is more top heavy. But one advantage for the Warriors as they get set to play later tonight. They have not lost at home so far in these playoffs. That's the key factor. I think they are the only team left because it was them and the Celtics before the Bucks stole uh, game five in the garden. Right. But as of right now, Golden State has not lost a home playoff game this year. That gives them a little bit of an advantage, and you know that Golden State crowd is going to be there for this game six tonight against Memphis because they're going to do everything they can to make sure that there is not a seventh. Yeah, I mean, Golden State for sure um, has one of the most dedicated fan fan bases, even when they weren't that good back when Steven Jackson and – Monte Ellis. Monte Ellis. Golden State always had a good following. They weren't like, no offense to anybody that likes them, but they weren't like the Sacramento Kings where as soon or as – what them, about – here's another name for you, Andres Beadrens. Remember that one? That's, I, I draw a blank, but I do remember the name. The name is very familiar with me. So he was one of them, and even back when Baron Davis used to play for the Warriors too. I love Remember, him. he was part of that playoff run. Baron Davis was the original fear of the beard before James Harden ascended. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that statement. So, as of right now, Boston does have a not uh, – no, I'm sorry. I can't do math. It's an 11-point lead for the Celtics right now in the third quarter in Milwaukee. 
So Boston is looking to bring Game Seven back uh, to the Garden. And, and let, right now they are in good shape to do that, but we shall see if they can hang on to do it. And let me tell you, um, I've read many a memoir or watched a documentary, and there is something about the ghost of the Celtics. They're yeah. the ghost of Boston Gardens, man. Uh, I've heard it is a very hard place uh, to win a closeout game at. Yeah. And it's hurting Milwaukee right now, especially with Chris Middleton being out. That's, that is such a big difference maker right now in this series. Cause I, I think the biggest surprise of this series is how well Al Horford has competed against Giannis. Yeah. Now he has, he has held his own. I mean, I mean I, don't let, don't let the age fool you about Al Horford. He's, He's still got something in the tank. And don't please don't let me get this twisted. Al Horford is by no means shutting down Giannis, but he is definitely making life a lot more difficult on the Greek freak. Yeah, way way more difficult than anybody thought. Everybody thought Horford was basically done at that point that Giannis was just going to run all over. I've always been a fan of Al Horford. I remember back, and I think it was the free agency of 2015, I really wanted Al Horford to come to the Lakers and, uh, you know, just kind of give Kobe Bryant – I mean, I guess it's selfish of me, but give Kobe Bryant some help because, gosh, I remember those Lakers teams with, like, Carlos Boozer and Jeremy Lin and Nick Young and Jordan Hill and – and that oh, yeah. was some hard. Those were some hard teams to watch. Honestly, though, it was more enjoyable watching them than this year's iteration of the Lakers because, although the team didn't perform as bad, I do think they performed worse relative to expectations. Because you know, obviously, Kobe coming off an Achilles and torn rotator cuff, nobody's expecting him to go back to being NBA legend Kobe Bryant. Quality role, quality role players. Uh, yeah, kind of what you thought of him, Kobe, like a, a high end role player at that point. And then, um, you know, this year you have three superstars, and on paper, the names were big, but the performances were small. Chemistry was lackluster. Oh, for sure. We the problem is we live in an NBA now where every player on the court needs to be able to shoot threes and play defense. The Lakers had a lot of people, but most of them could either only shoot threes or play defense. You couldn't get both out of them. Yeah. And then some of them were just too old. They just couldn't play anymore. Yeah, it was – it's a hard – it's a – it's going to be a hard look in the mirror for them to figure out what's next. But – I'll tell you one thing, though. The uh, what's going to be the uh, game to watch at this point? Because as of right now, Boston's up by fifteen. I mean, I full I I called that series to go seven. I believe if if we run it back, I did call Boston and Milwaukee to be the seven game series, as opposed to Phoenix and Dallas. Right. Um. So Boston holds on. That'll be two game sevens. 
this time around. Um, but and if Memphis yeah, and if Memphis can manage to be Golden State, either way that we look at it, the pressure is really on for three teams: the Bucks, the Warriors. But more more than any team, the Phoenix Suns. Oh, absolutely. Everybody, most people, even people I know that dislike the Suns, have them pegged as the team to beat the Western Conference. And if Dallas upsets them, um, as great as Luka Doncic is and as good as quality as the role players are for Dallas, I just I don't quite think they have enough to beat, no matter who comes out of Milwaukee, Boston, or Miami. Yeah, so. Because all three of those teams have one thing that is vital. All of them have a good defensive wing that they can Mm -hmm. throw at Luka. They got Giannis or P.J. Tucker. Um, Wait, P.J. Tucker plays for Phoenix, doesn't he? Or does he play for Miami? P.J. Tucker. Mm, I'm trying to remember where he went because I know he was with Milwaukee but I can't remember where he ended up going now. And then Boston has the terrible twosome of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart as well. Absolutely. And then, you know, the Warriors have a lot of their core franchise players that are still part of the teams of the days before the Kevin Durant era of Golden State that were part of championship and record-setting seasons. You know, guys like Curry, Clay, Draymond, but then also having a strong rookie core that's really progressing like Kaminga, and then a great development for Jordan Poole. Oh, absolutely. And Andrew Wiggins has played very quality basketball. So, in, you know, I don't see the Warriors winning it either, but I see them with this development now really going to start becoming a little bit more of a, of a threat once everybody's healthy and starts playing together. You imagine clay, a more healthy clay throughout the regular season and uh, having some time to really build that momentum. I feel like Jordan, I feel like barring the draft or finding a GM or free agency, I believe Jordan Poole may be the future of the Warriors once Curry hangs it up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, before Curry hangs it up, they're going to have to take it out of his hands. Oh, for sure. Because he might have had that uh, one injury riddled year, but that was also the bubble, and that was also the Warriors really having a downward trend and everything. But then, you know, last year they were starting to come through, heating up. It was just a case of too little, too late. Now they had the whole season to kind of start gelling together, and that's what's really helped them so far. But – get all your core pieces healthy, then have it all gelling together, and then the Warriors can really be a dangerous team. But they could be even more dangerous if the Suns are out. Oh, absolutely. But we'll see how times progress. But uh, who do you see winning tonight's game? We'll we'll have one prediction. We can't do the Boston-Milwaukee game since that game's already in progress. Um. But who's, who's playing the Warriors and Grizzlies? 
they they will tip off around 10 something tonight um and then boston right now is up by 14 Giannis just uh or reaching a double double there he's now got 23 and just now got rebound number 11 um, portis portis wide open for 3 brings it to 11 with five and a half to go in the third yeah, uh, you can't count out a champion. You can't. Oh no! I I saw this series going. I I, I see this series going seven, but Milwaukee's not going to give up home court without a fight. But you know, the Boston's got a more complete team. They in terms of health right now, they need to take advantage of that. Absolutely. That's but, one. Uh, that, that's one thing I've always hated about the NBA, brother. Um. I hate whenever a team gets injured and they call your championship a fluke. I don't care who it is. No. You, if you win the championship, you've earned that right. Right. You have to play who's in front of you. You can't help if someone hurts their ankle or tears their ACL or whatever. Because mm-hmm. sometimes that can be a case of somebody trying to do too much. It is. I believe I read a report somebody toward their ACL today. I forget who it was for the life of me. Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm right there with you, but I can't remember. But um, who you got tonight? Do you see the Warriors closing the series out at home, or do you see Memphis drawing a game seven? I say the Warriors close it out tonight, but I say Memphis will give them everything they can handle. I say... 113-112 Warriors. It's going to be that razor close. I'll give it... I'll give it 115-113. So not much different. Just a case of one point versus two points. But either way, we're saying it's definitely a one-possession game, bar none. Um, and I'm, I'll even go a little bolder than that. I will say the Warriors were down one. And I say Curry gets double, passes the ball to Clay, and Clay hits the game winning three. Okay. If you want to put that down. You know, and I could see I could see Curry going with some clutch free throws at the end to help seal the deal. Oh, that's possible too. But either way, we both have the Warriors closing it out. Um as far as who they play, do you see Dallas being able to steal that series? I'll go with I, I'm going to go with the upset. I do believe, honestly, I don't know how this makes sense, but I do believe the Phoenix is the better team. But I believe their spirits are kind of demoralized by how much of a fight Dallas has given them, and Dallas is just surging with confidence. And I believe Dallas is just going to ride the momentum of their uh, unexpected game seven. And I believe uh, they win by eight points, and I'll call it 108 100. Mm. Uh, um, I want to say the Suns because for some reason. I don't see their choke job hitting just yet. 
but the way everything's going, it's eventually going to happen. I could see their luck running out. Um, and in the earliest, the Western Conference Finals, um, I'll say 105-103, but not because Luka has a bad game, but I just think uh, Chris Paul does enough to make a statement to lift the Suns in that seventh game. But the way things are going, my bold prediction is the Suns will not be the NBA champions this year. I'm – I'm going to go ahead and throw the Miami Heat or the NBA champions this year. I'll change it from the Celtics. Because, you know, nobody's talking a lot right now about the Heat. But that's to their advantage. I think the Heat just have a perfect blend of great coaching, a great roster, and a deep roster. And it goes to show it's not – it wasn't LeBron making – you know, being the only reason that Spolstra was able to win. Oh, very true. That So that goes to give credit to Spolstra for being able to gel this team together. And had it not been for just bubble circumstances, I think the Heat very well could have won a championship. Um, but maybe now, with this being an actual NBA season, this might be the way for them to uh, to get the job done. Because right now they're doing what they need to do. You know, not saying that they're doing it perfect, but then again, it's hard to go perfect in an NBA postseason. It's virtually impossible in this day's NBA, I believe. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, Team movement and player movement's too much. You'll never see anything like Bill Russell's Celtics again. No. But... um, as far as getting the job done, the Heat have done that. And right the, now, they're about the only team to do that. The Heat have been consistently good for a very long time since Wade was young. Now we just see where it all stands in the end. Because... Any given day when it comes to this day's NBA, anything's possible. Absolutely. Uh, But I would really like to see – I don't know why. I'd like to see Golden State and Miami in the finals. I know that wasn't my prediction, but I would like to see that as a finals. That'd be a fun series. Seeing if the Warriors could have a defense for uh, Jimmy Butler. Really about the best thing for them to do, I don't know. It'd either be putting in pool or, you know, maybe go a little rough around the edges. Might have to go Draymond Green. How unexpected would it be if it was like Dallas and Memphis in the Western Conference Finals? That would be interesting, to say the least. But if Jaw's going to be out for an extended period of time, if that would be the case, it would definitely be uh, the Dallas Mavericks because, you know, Memphis can have it at any given point, but when you have a healthy Luka Doncic who's playing the way he's playing right now, it doesn't matter how good of a gritty team that you have to be able to hang on. 
eventually that hourglass is going to run out of sand. It will. But, nonetheless. Do you have an update on the Celtics and Bucks? Uh, Celtics are not, sorry, not Celtics. The Bucks have now closed into single digits. And Giannis is and one at the free throw line. So, you got time to brew a pot of coffee by the time he shoots the free throw. (laughs) I do not know why it takes him so long. But it went in. It did go in. For me. So now the lead lead has shrunk to eight. Milwaukee's been on a 12-2 run in the last four minutes. And Boston has, oh, they did miss their last seven, but a big three there by one Marcus Smart puts the Celtics back up to 11. I've been a huge fan of Marcus Smart for a very long time. Back in 2014, (laughs) back in the 2014 draft, I remember it was a lot of speculations on whether the Lakers should take Julius Randle or Marcus Smart. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I was happy with either pick. Now, Marcus Smart's shot was kind of a a lucky bounce off the back of the rim to uh, get in. It did a bounce, high bounce off the back of the rim, and then it just dropped in. Then Giannis just goes up and throws like a little hook shot up there. Just makes it look, (laughs) makes it look way too easy. Now, no. now a push-off foul on uh, Jason Tatum on, after uh, some hands-on interaction with uh, George Hill. So Tatum gets called for the foul there. Both teams really, though, not turning over the ball a lot. Um, both teams are single digits in turnovers. Boston 7, Milwaukee 8. Wow, I can't believe it. Russell Russell Westbrook turned the ball over more than them. More than both teams combined. (laughs) So, right now we're getting into some toss-up here. And Grayson Allen just missed. So, we got to – we call Grayson Allen's name now here in this day and age. Yeah, I mean, Grayson Allen, I don't know. He – I don't know if you ever have this thought or feeling, but Jason, I mean, not Jason Tatum. Uh, I don't know why his name just, Grayson Allen, there we go. I don't know why, I, Grayson Allen has one of the most unlikable faces. Just like, when you see him make a smug smile or something, it just it, it just looks so condescending. I don't know why. Well, same with his play style. It's enough to drive anybody insane. He reminds me a lot of as close as you can get to a shooting guard, small version forward, a Bill Embiid. Yeah. As much as this type of NBA will allow, anyway. Yeah. As sometimes as dirty as they can allow him to be. Yeah, he had to hurt my boy Alex Caruso. Well, I mean, he has had the history of those tripping penalties, especially back in his days at Duke. Um, There's a name, Pat Connaughton. Just dropped that one off for the Bucks. But closest Milwaukee's got it so far as eight. 
But other than that, they've just not been able to close it in any further. Does Brook Lopez still play for the Bucks? Uh, he does. As a matter of fact, he's on the floor right now. That was one player I wish the Lakers could have kept around uh, from a few years back. Brooke Lopez is the perfect center to put next to Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Doesn't require a whole lot of touches, but when he gets it, he has enough offensive repertoire to do anything, and he can stretch the floor. Yeah. Well, Jason Tatum just got one back on George Hill. Hill called for the blocking foul. Tatum gets the and one. So we'll see if the free throw goes in for him. Are they switch hunting, or is George Hill, George Hill being the primary defender on Tatum? Because I think that is a horrible decision by Mike Budenholzer if George Hill is the primary defender mm-hmm. on Jason Tatum. I don't know. I'm trying to be able to tell a little bit, but uh, meanwhile, Drew Holiday's back on the floor. It's him, Connaughton, Giannis, Hill, and Bobby Portis. That's the five on the floor right now for the Bucks. And Giannis, oh, easy spin move to the basket, cuts the lead to 12. Giannis, I mean, is, Giannis honest, is just too big. Honestly, right now, Boston, I don't think, has anybody on the floor that can guard Giannis. Marcus Smart drove it in and got the foul call on number 34. That's That's bold. Then again, Marcus, Marcus Smart's never been one to be shy about that. Oh, no. Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart went from a player that annoyed me to watch when he flopped before the NBA cracked down on it. So now he's become one of my favorites. Yeah, he needed some Oscars for those flop of the year candidates. Oh, Tatum. Tatum with a big three. Now the Celtics up 15. But Giannis to the line. So there's six seconds left, so we'll finish this one off before we jump into our uh, next topic of discussion. But, yeah, somebody, I think that was Portis on Tatum that didn't do a very good job. Uh, Tatum, 31 points tonight on 12 of 25 shooting. Giannis, 30 points on 11 of 25 shooting. So... Basically, that says the Stars are doing what they need to do. It is. Giannis first shot up and in. So then that just leaves the second free throw to be attempted. It was only after a while of studying that I was able to learn to properly pronounce Giannis's last name. Onto the Kumpo. Uh, yep. And speaking of onto the Kumpo, he sinks both of them. Seems like he's been getting a little bit better from the free throw line. He's made his last three in a row from what I've seen. The only thing Giannis needs to do is as he gets older he need, and loses that athleticism, he needs to develop hook shots. If I was him, I would do a lot of training. A lot of tutelage with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Hakeem Olajuwon. Because mm-hmm. Kareem would be perfect, especially since Kareem is a former Milwaukee Buck. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it would be the perfect full circle type moment. 
because you know Shaq picked his brain when he was in L.A. when Shaq went to the Lakers for the first time. I just don't want Giannis to become Dwight Howard. I don't want him to lose his athleticism and just become nothing more than a rebounder and shot blocker. Right. Yeah, you can't have that. And this comes from a guy like Dwight, even when he left the Lakers high and dry in 2013. Yeah, he was never able to recover that Orlando magic. I saw what you did there. I was, I a, little, I was a little sleepy, but I did catch it. <laughs> I have my moments from time to time. But, yeah, so the the Celtics are on a 13-point lead as we reach the end of the third quarter. So, with that being said, we'll just check in with it from time to time. But, uh... Let uh, the shrews portion of the shrews cast take the wheel of the ship here for a moment. Guide us to where we're going next, my brother. Um, I was feeling like we were going. We began our Star Wars discussion last week with Scotty, and uh, we we did have a guest this week that we were going to talk with, but he uh, he had some family issues, and like you said, family's most important. And uh, he wanted to spend time with his father because he recently got released from the hospital. So you obviously can't fault him for that. But we do hope no, he can join absolutely us. absolutely not. We do hope he can join us in a future episode. And uh, He's not sure, welcome anytime. Not sure who we're going to have in a couple weeks after we bring the Shrews cast back after its little hiatus. But it'll be fun for sure. But, you know, it's hard to beat just the two of us too. So, I mean... Yeah, we always end up having a good time. We'll definitely have uh we'll definitely have to get Tyler Roberts back in with uh NBA finals closing in around that particular time because by the time we get back from everything, the uh East and West finals should be wrapping up because NBA finals is always around that time in June. It is. So Tyler, we're 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 semi calling you out a little bit on this one. Uh, when it gets ready to get finals time, you better pack a lunch because it's going to be a long day at the office. But, but uh, uh, it'll it'll be a fun one for sure. But you were alluding to uh, Star Wars, and we'll have some more Star Wars discussion to uh, for for the month of June. So we'll call that our uh, Star Wars month part two or episode two, the month of June. So, but uh, that portion, we'll talk more so, you know, kind of more about the uh, the films or any other announcements related to it, and uh, also get some talk in on the, uh, the Obi-Wan series that's coming out for Disney+. Plus. But I want to start a little bit of Star Wars discussion with what I saw that was coming into the presses today, where it looks like the title of the Star Wars Jedi sequel has been leaked. Um, So, the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, it ended up, uh, I don't know if we touched on this or not, but it had sold 10 million copies. So, with that kind of a number, EA definitely had to warrant uh, another game because, you know, for them to sell 10 million copies of something that's not 
uh, sports related. We should also talk about EA Sports and FIFA here in a little bit, but that's for uh, a little bit later on. Excuse me, but uh, that's big for EA to have that kind of sales number and for this particular series because, one, that game is absolutely phenomenal. You should definitely check it out. But um, the way the story is going, there's definitely room for a sequel or two as well. And uh, it looks like the title has been leaked to where it is Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which actually fits pretty well because I should preface this by saying spoilers are coming. If you do not want Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order or any future things spoiled for you, Please disregard the next few minutes of this segment right now. You have been warned. So anyway, now that we've got that disclaimer out of the way. We saw at the end of Jedi Fallen Order that uh, the protagonist, Cal Kestis, and his new uh, master, uh, Seer, who was a former Jedi of the Order before she decided to lose touch with the Force... Um, after being tortured into giving up the locations of her uh, Padawan, and her Padawan ended up being killed by Darth Vader as a result of her failure to take down Cal Kestis and uh, Seer Jinda, as the character's full name is. Cal barely escapes Darth Vader by the skin of his teeth. And they had retrieved the holocron, which is supposed to contain the names of every Force-sensitive child or being um, from the Star Wars lore. People remember that. I think it was part of it, too, that's kind of alluded to in things like Clone Wars, Revenge of the Sith, and other series as well. Um, But Cal, in the end, destroys the holocron to say uh, it's time for them to have see their destinies for themselves, talking about those Force-sensitive beings. But I think Jedi Survivor is also a fitting title, not just because these were some of the few survivors of Order 66, but we're going to see also, I think, Cal end up having a, some kind of a role with these Force-sensitive children, younglings, whatever the case may be. Um, because, you know, Darth Vader's not going to stop until the hunt is finished. Oh, he won't, for sure. So, it seems like the leaked title is appropriate. Hopefully, maybe around the time of the Star Wars celebration towards the end of the month, we can uh, get some gameplay footage. And honestly, I haven't played a lot of Star Wars games growing up or anything. But I have enjoyed um, The Force Unleashed pretty decently. I haven't played it in a few days. Yeah, um, I'm on my uh, I'm on my third run of that game because I, I did the run through to beat the game. Then I went through to get the rest of the uh, lightsaber color crystals and the different uh, hilts or handles that are related to each uh, Jedi or Sith, to which there are ten of those lightsaber hilts, and there are 15, I want to say, lightsaber crystals. Um, 
three red, three purple, three green, three blue, three orange. And really, a lot of those colors can be interchanged from light blue to dark blue, light green to dark green, a greenish yellow. There's a yellow in there that becomes more orange, and then you got purple, pink, stuff like that, too. So there's a variety in the color, but they just get grouped into that color for some particular reason. But overall, I mean, it's this version of Force Unleashed is a port of the version that was released on the Wii, the PlayStation 2, stuff like that. But it works pretty good, so... It, uh, it, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Especially since, uh, it's not too terribly priced either on the shop. It's only like 20 bucks or so. So right. it'd be, uh, definitely worth the checkout. Not going to lie to you, buddy. That Star Wars news isn't the biggest news of the day. Oh, yeah. What, what you got? I don't know if you've ever played Nickelodeon All-Star Bra, that Smash clone. Oh, yeah. Well, he, well Hugh Neutron is getting added to the game. You're, you're joking. No, Hugh Neutron, Jimmy Neutron's dad, is going to be a playable wow. character. And I cannot that, tell you how excited I am. That's hilarious. Probably going to be fighting with a lot of pie. Oh, for sure. And it also, they announced Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life, and they announced Jenny from My Life as a Teenage Robot. Yep, I remember both of those shows. Absolutely. But Hugh Neutron stole the show. I, I read the YouTube comments on the trailer, <laughs> and it was all pro. They 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 likened Hugh Neutron being in Nickelodeon All Stars Raw, saying that Smash Bros should be quaking in their boots. That's that's crazy, but uh, should definitely be something to watch without a doubt. Um, and then, other than replaying some Jedi Fallen Order, I've been uh, I've now made it through the uh, Attack of the Clones portion of uh, Lego Star Wars, and next time I jump on, it's going to be all about Revenge of the Sith. Oh, that. That's still the best Star Wars movie, so I'm sure it's probably going to be the best part of Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga as well. Yeah, especially the duel in Mustafar. That's going to be the that's going to be the one right there. Yeah, my favorite non Millennium Falcon ship is in Star Wars. What's that? The Naboo Starfighter. That one is a pretty good one, I will say. I used. I used it for a lot of uh, free roam play that uh, Lego Star Wars has because that's another cool thing about it too is once you beat certain sections of it on the story mode, you mm-hmm. can go back and free play it with any unlocked character that you have. So when you first play the story, you have to play through with the story characters, which I'm fine with because, you know, it is also story-based. But with there being so much to do, it allows you to utilize some more of those other characters and abilities, like uh, being able to break apart C-3PO to get under the cross spaces that the Jedi can crawl under. You can break C-3PO apart to get certain sec- through certain sections of the game. Um, 
and then you got the bounty hunters like uh how the mandalorian is uh part of a dlc and uh baby yoda travels with the mandalorian so i like how it really does incorporate a lot of the star wars lore and adds a lot of that touch to add to the authenticity right of uh of a lego title because you know the lego titles are just really meant to be fun but they've also added in that layer of authenticity that uh i think has to be credited right um now what I'd really like is kind of a, uh, you know, a uh, maybe an updated Star Wars fighter or even a movie-based thing where uh, you can you can go through some of the story or you know experience some alterations in the story, like say, what if. Anakin did beat Obi-Wan on the higher ground, or uh, what if Qui-Gon survived the battle against Darth Maul to be able to train Anakin? How different would things have been? So it'd be kind of cool to kind of see that kind of a Star Wars game, too, where you can play through a canon or you can do some what-if scenarios. That would be really fantastic. Oh, breaking the Star Wars action for a second. Giannis hits a rare three-pointer. That must be acknowledged. Giannis hits a three-pointer, and the Bucks are within four with eight and a half to go. Oh. Boston better put something together really quick because if they let Giannis get going, it's curtains for the Celtics. Giannis has 40. As of right now. And in this game alone, in the series, he's only shooting 60% from the free throw line. But in this game, to his credit, he has made every single free throw. That's like Shaq. That kind of reminds me of Shaq. Shaq would shoot 50, 60% from the free throw line for the season. And then when one game mattered, he'd go like eight for nine, eight for eight, eight for ten, something like that. Yeah. But, um, oh, and Tatum just puts them back up within, uh, it's a six-point lead now. So that was a two. It was not a three, but a big shot by Tatum. But uh, we'll digress here for a little bit as uh, more of this quarter rolls on. We'll touch back into it when it gets more crunch time. But, um, yeah, and then I'm also excited for the PS5 remake of the uh, Knights of the Old Republic RPG style, which I've kind of had some fun with uh, that one so far for the uh, Switch as well, um, being able to play through that. And it's it's kind of related to the PC version because... It, too, has cheats. So, where I don't get to have as much time with it, I don't mind it. Uh, that makes perfect sense, too. So I'm, just, I'm, almost, I'm just it's glad almost games... Like a D, it's almost like a debug, in a sense. I'm glad games are still incorporating cheat codes a little bit. So, it, it is. And, uh... 
you know, it stays true to its authenticity and the port that it came from. So, and then I've also actually been having some fun with the uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Um, this story, that game story, it lets you go back and forth between being a galactic uh, empire pilot and a new republic pilot. So this takes takes place um, after the events of Return of the Jedi because they alluded to the death of Emperor Palpatine um, in certain portions of the Empire storyline. So you get to create the look for each pilot. You get to create a look for your own custom Republic pilot, and you get to create your own custom look for the Galactic Empire pilot. You get to name them because they're not set to a specific name, so you can name them anything you want. That's uh, awesome. So that's so that's cool to kind of have that kind of customization. And uh, we saw an appearance by Old Wedge Antilles from uh, the Rogue Squadron days. Um, and, of course, you know, big part of the Star Wars lore with uh, Luke Skywalker, especially in the original trilogy. Because um, then eventually Poe Dameron would be the one to take over that role um, in the sequel trilogy. And he's actually played by the guy who plays on uh, Moon Knight, if I'm correct. Because I'm pretty sure they're the same guy. The guy who plays Poe Dameron on Star Wars is the guy who's playing... Moon Knight on that series on Disney Plus. I've, uh, I, I've never had Disney Plus. I've never seen anything on it, so I'm very unfamiliar with it. But, um, yeah, Moon Knight's one of the uh, Marvel series, so he's been on Marvel and he's been on Star Wars, so uh, not too shabby of a resume. He's covering all the pop culture. Well, that, that is very true. Phenoms. Um, so it's kind of nice to also see some gameplay uh, for games that aren't Star Wars Battlefront because, honestly, you know, with EA and the microtransactions, it's uh, it's hard for people really to like Battlefront the way that uh, EA was hoping because everything's throwing money into microtransactions or into these NFTs these days. That's what's turning people away. Yeah, for sure. That's what's turning people away from it. That's why people go to experiences like Jedi Fallen Order or like Lego Star Wars, stuff like that. Um, heck, even Scar- Star Wars Squadrons, hadn't, I haven't seen too many of those uh, microtransactions from what I've seen. Now, I haven't got to do a big full dive in, but, you know, if anything changes with that, I'll definitely pass along word. The only but, way um, a game should be allowed to have microtransactions is if it's a free-to-play game. If the game costs money... You should not have to invest more money in it. I can agree with that sentiment for sure. Um, which Lego Star Wars kind of did a reversal um, a little bit. Because um, a lot of their season pass content I've been able to get with just one $15 purchase. So that's not too terrible that I've been able to get all of these different costume packs and character packs and yada yada and stuff like that. So I'm not. It was more like a one-time fee as opposed to having to pay multiple fees. Yeah, I have very to, strong. I, I do have very. Sorry, you go ahead. Sorry. 
Oh no, it's okay. No, I'm I'm with you. There, there's some strong opinions to be had about DLC. Honestly, it's I think in some ways it can be helpful, but in some ways it's one of the worst things to happen to video games. My opinion on DLC and microtransactions is like I said with microtransactions, the game has to be free to play. As for DLC, it solely depends. If the DLC is used to pretty much finish a game that's incomplete, I don't like it. But if a DLC enhances the, com- the completed game, I'm not against it. It's kind of like the Spider-Man PS4 DLC for the city that never sleeps. Because the base game of it was finished. But it added in three more different story arcs to it to add more to the game. So that one makes a little more sense. Exactly. I like it as an addition, not as a completion. Right. Because it's not completing the base game. It's just additional bonus uh, content for the base game. And I don't mind it that bad if it completes a game as long as it's like a free update. Yeah, but you know, I've always kind of been more partial to the single player experience too, because that's kind of how the games were for me growing up. You know, most people grew up with things with how Fortnite is and everything of that nature. But you know, being able to have that single player experience is, you know, something that's it's still valuable to these days. That's right. why a lot of times Nintendo still has that success compared to other companies. Because, yeah, there might be some alterations, but they don't lose the foundation. Exactly. Um, that's the thing I like about Nintendo. is They innovate, but they also stay true to themselves. Um, then, after all the Star Wars discussion, I look forward to talking about games such as Gotham Knights and the upcoming Suicide Squad game that'll be coming up down the road and maybe looking to see where Batman goes next. And then I'm just waiting, too, for next year when Spider-Man 2 comes out. Oh, yeah. Because uh, Venom's going to be in it, and I think Craven is going to be in it as well. So it'll be interesting to see some new Spider-Man villains getting some love that may not have gotten so previously. So, kind of cool that they're bringing that into the touch. But you knew Venom had to be in eventually. Oh, for sure. But um, we'll talk more about that as it gets later to it. Um, But yeah, hopefully we'll get some more Star Wars video game announcements with uh, the the, uh, Star Wars celebration towards the end of the month here in May. So, we're getting close to it. I think it's the 26th through the 28th or 29th, somewhere along those lines there. So hopefully we should be able to get some more announcements for Star Wars titles or maybe at least around the time when E3 would typically happen, right around the time of the the summer. I think it was, what, mid-June usually when E3 happens? E3 is typically around like June 10th, like June 13th, 14th, around my birthday. So so around uh, early to mid-June, we'll call it. We'll call it early to mid-June. Right. Um, So... I definitely would love to see some new gameplay footage um, for the Star Wars franchise. But, um, you know, at least in the video game department, the Star Wars franchise (laughs) is getting about as profitable as it's ever been. 
Yeah, unfortunately, I don't know. In some ways, Disney acquiring all this stuff's an asset because they'll always have funding behind them. But which Disney know. actually is on the uh, title portion for the Lego Star Wars game, believe it or not. Disney's well, name is on there. Well, I figure Disney does not miss its chance to uh, advertise itself. Well, it actually didn't on Jedi Fallen Order, so it makes me wonder if they go that route with Jedi Survivor. Maybe it's because it's an EA thing or something like that. I don't know. Because, remember, Lego Star Wars is not by EA. So let's stretch that out there right now. Lego Star Wars is not an EA Star Wars game. Right. So that's why I think sometimes it's a little bit different than compared to um, an EA title. But... For Jedi Fallen Order, what helped is EA was more of a publisher than they was in terms of development. That was more Respawn Entertainment doing the development, and I think that same crew is going to be on for the sequel. So if that's the case, I definitely have some high hopes there because you know maybe a lot of EA's fingerprints won't be on this case. So... Um, I think that's what helped Jedi Fallen Order is because, you know, there wasn't really a whole lot of DLC. It was just a deluxe edition that uh, gave some extra content and everything like that. It, it had a pre-order bonus in terms of different of in terms of the orange lightsaber color and some other materials for in terms of uh, the alloy metal that's used to make your lightsaber or the different lightsaber handles. Um but one of my favorite parts of it is how you can go from a single blade lightsaber to a double bladed lightsaber, and then you can split the double bladed lightsaber apart to two separate lightsabers. That to me is so cool. It but is. What cool. I would like to see is being able to have more integration of the split double lightsabers, like being able to use two lightsabers in one. I'd like to see that kind of more emphasized um, in a greater sense with uh, the sequel. Hopefully it, hopefully it does that. That'd be something I would like to see expanded upon. I'd say sooner or later it'll have to go down that road. Because it was done in a lot of the older Star Wars titles too, especially Knights of the Old Republic. Because um, I've been able now to incorporate two lightsabers um, in that game one in each hand not just a double bladed lightsaber but actually holding two lightsabers so that would be something that i think would be a really cool touch to have i mean it's nice having that functionality to where you can combine them into one but let's enter integrate a little more gameplay option to where you can have it to where they're still split as two separate lightsabers that you can put together or break apart whenever you want Right. So that's one of my biggest hopes for this uh, Jedi sequel. So that would be something I would like to see. So we have covered now a lot of Star Wars video game talk and talked about what we've been playing, what we hope to see in the future, some of the good, some of the bad. Before we uh, dive in towards the end of this NBA game here and also towards the end of this podcast, Let's talk briefly about EA and FIFA having a split 
after almost 30 years, I believe, of working together. Uh, honestly, in the long the run, gravy, the gravy train is no more. Honestly, I believe that in the long run, that will be good for FIFA. And then, so it'll be interesting to see what EA does next with it because, you know, the ultimate team is where a lot of the money making happens, too. So, what's next for that soccer franchise for EA? So, we'll have to keep our eyes peeled as time progresses. So, really, right now, their main nugget that they're hanging on to left is Madden. And, you know, let's just say Madden has seen its better days. Absolutely. I mean, graphically, has it gotten better? Yeah, but does that mean gameplay is necessarily better? Absolutely not. Oh, I agree. Uh, I've seen footage and stuff of the quarterback, the ball leaving his hand before the quarterback's arms through its motion or players that shouldn't be able to catch one-handed interceptions in traffic. And It's just lazy. It's lazy. Lazy development because basically it's just almost adding just fresh coats of paint. It's just, uh, this is just Madden Shade 23 or Madden Shade 24 or whatever the heck it is. A lot of sports titles suffer because of that. Because honestly, I think that is what a lot of it is anymore. It's just fresh coats of paint over a product that's a lot of times not improved. Like, you notice after to me after 2k 12 or 2k 13 even the nba 2k series has taken a dip to me i can agree um some ways it's it still has its moments but then in some ways it's just i mean 2k is about as bad as ea in terms of microtransactions too you know we can't we can't call one out without the other but i mean you know, 2K11 is about one of the better 2Ks that's ever been released because that was one where they really put in a lot of effort, not just to the modern product, but also to making the classic NBA feel, get that type of feeling. 2K12 was great, too, because you had a lot of different eras. You had the rules for uh, 50s and 60s NBA that were enforced with guys like Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, and everything back before there was a three-point line. Um, But then after, you know, all that buzz started to die down and it just started becoming more the same, then, you know, to me, that's really when a lot of the quality started going down. And I think it happens with a lot of sports games because – to me, I think you should just do one and just do – you can do it as a live service, update the rosters. Yeah, that makes sense. Games that are annual releases, they should just uh, – they should let you keep the game and maybe if you get new features or something, charge 10 20 bucks and just update the game you already have as opposed to releasing. Paying, paying 60 70 80 90 100 some dollars for the same stuff and same exact gameplay. So a lot of times, same exact issues for basically just a fresh coat of paint. And that's all that's touched. Oh yeah. So I can agree with you there. We'll see what happens uh, 
for EA with uh, the loss of one of their biggest franchises with the uh, the FIFA series and uh, how they end up recovering after that. But um, before we dive into our last segment of the show, we'll just uh, take a look here as Boston is continuing to hang on. And now they are back up by 14 points with two and a half to go in the game. So as of right now, well, Drew Holiday just hit a big shot for the Bucks. I uh, think yeah, nope, they gave him a three on that one, so it's back within 11 for this lead. So Milwaukee got it as close as four, but again, they just could not step on the throat at home to get the job done so far. And with two minutes to go in the game, honestly, I think it's any chance of that is basically now over. Any chance you think the Bucks might sign uh, 2007 Tracy McGrady for the last uh, couple minutes of the game? <laughs> I don't know if anybody who could fill that role, to tell you the truth. Um, I mean, Giannis is doing everything he can, but when everybody else ain't doing, holding up their end of the deal. When he's scoring, he has scored 44 points. The rest of the team has scored 48. That's a problem. It is. I mean, because, I mean, we know Luka scored a lot in that series between the Mavericks and the Suns, but he's also getting help. You know, it's not just Luka Doncic. You have the key Dallas players filling their role, doing their job, adding points. Oh yeah, for uh, I'm a big fan of the way Dallas plays. I always have been. So now the Bucks are back up by 13, and uh, Jason Tatum's also dropped uh, 45 points in this game today. So almost 100 points just between Giannis and Tatum. Actually, I lied. Tatum's got 46 now. So that's 90 points right now between. Tatum and uh, under the Kumpo. And now we're starting to see a few more fouls called. Jalen Brown's going to go to the line. With a 13-point lead and a minute 24 to go, we're going to see us another game seven. And, yep, there they're showing. The fans are heading for the stands looking to beat traffic. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard fought game. I might actually I'm, I actually haven't got to watch a single game of the playoffs. I've just been too busy with work and the podcast and family time and stuff. But I might actually try to tune in for this game seven. I just been kind of doing it on the go and everything like that. I've got my sound off uh, so that way I can kind of just keep up with it and also have it not be a distraction. Yep, they just sent Giannis to the bench, so they're. Milwaukee's wrapping it up. When they send Giannis to the bench, then you know you know they're done. Oh, for sure. Giannis. Well, there's, one, there's one of the other brothers onto the Kumpo now on the floor. The Nassus. Um, I believe that I believe that's the one. Now they've shown a graphic now for the other games. Steph Curry has 122 consecutive playoff games with one three-pointer made. 
That's an impressive streak. It is. Oh, Javon Carter sighting. I love Javon Carter, man. I want to see him get a ring. And one for two for Brother Onto the Kumpo there. And with a lot of the bench players there, yeah, we can basically call this one with a minute to go that the Celtics and the Bucks now have stolen one each from the other players or from the other team's home court. So now okay. it goes back to that ghost of the garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Either way, green and white's going to go to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. It's just which green and white is it going to be? Is it going to be the Hunter Green of the Milwaukee Bucks or the Celtic Green? Uh, it's hard to tell. I'm I'm looking forward to it though for sure. I cannot wait. Oh, and here's a uh, here's a Courtney sighting here on the show as she uh, drops everything everywhere. That's her way of saying hi. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize how late it was, so she was bringing my medicine. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, well, we've covered a lot with it here, so uh, for our closing segment of the show, I uh, guess we need to talk about uh, some of the changes that are about to be taking place. We are yes. officially seven days away from being in Logan to get set for this uh, shindig that we have a week from tomorrow. The wedding of Matthew and Tolina. Well, we're going to give you some of the floor here because this is your day for it and everything. Uh, what's the process been like? What's your nerve level like? What's her nerve level like? Um um, honestly, man, I'm really good at keeping myself composed uh, on the outside, but I am very nervous as the day approaches. Um, you know, it's it's a huge life change. Uh, other than getting saved, I think it's the second biggest decision you ever make in your entire life, the biggest step you ever take, and it is very nerve-wracking. Um, she's, held herself, she's held herself together pretty well. Um her and her mom went shopping today. I think they got a few last-second things for her for the honeymoon and stuff. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you and all the guys and hanging out together the night before. And you know, hoping this wedding. I don't. I want. I want it to be the quickest, long, quickest but longest day ever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't know quite how the dynamic of that tends to work. But you know, I'd like to, you know, get on that stage, recite my vows. Give us a little smooch, go down, dance, and hang out with friends and family. I hear you there. Well, we will definitely be there with bells on for sure. What's been the hardest part of the prep? Hardest part of the prep is just deciding. Uh, uh, one thing that was really hard to do is we, we've hired a DJ, and it's hard to decide who walks out to what song and what order everybody walks out to and who to pair with who? Well, actually, you were very easy because Courtney's a bridesmaid, <laughs> so it was it was that one. That's, that that would be easy. the easiest pair that you have right there. That was the easiest pair that I had for sure. <laughs> you and Courtney. Uh, yeah. It's just uh, 
obviously financially affording it's been pretty difficult um I thank goodness I have a okay job and Talena has a fantastic job. That's what it's all about there, being able to find uh, that find that ground. So but uh definitely look forward to being there and it should definitely be a fun time. It will be. I I have no doubts. But uh what about yourself? I know you're not too, too far behind me. Two or three months? Uh, probably more so around the four-month range because it'll be around towards the end of September for us. But, um, yeah, I mean, really we got a lot of our stuff done because, you know, we're just doing more of an elopement type or uh, ceremony. But, uh, you know, we also figure in if, you know, if if job changes for – People end up uh, coming down the line at some point. We have, you know, plans B, C, and D and everything of that nature. But, uh, of course, you and Selena have y'all's invite to come down if you guys are able to. So, you know, we more than welcome you if you guys decide to do so. I might have, um, to, tie, I might have to tie my boss up and put him in the storage closet to... <laughs> get it but i mean it, it might be have to be a necessary sacrifice to make and I, I say sacrifice very loosely because in some ways that might be a little bit of a pleasure and i shouldn't admit saying that but you know yeah. how that goes but uh either way you know a lot of big changes are happening but honestly i'm definitely looking forward to that as well because honestly you know after all the craziness that this life has had to offer, being able to find that kind of stability, especially with a person, especially with someone like her, I couldn't ask for anything better. So for me, it's just icing on the cake to be able to spend my life with someone like Courtney, who has really changed my life in so many ways and has changed it for the better. And, uh, sometimes doesn't know quite doesn't quite know the impact that she has but uh you know i'll just spend the rest of my life showing what kind of impact it truly uh truly is so for me you know being able to make that kind of commitment but make it not just with a soulmate but also with a best friend to me that's what more can you ask for yeah you can't really ask for too much more brother and that was very well said. Uh, unfortunately, I don't quite have the elegance you do in the way you speak. Um, I'm kind of rough around the edges. I always have been that way. But uh, uh, the ways you say you feel about Courtney are the ways I feel about Talena, for 100% sure. And I think that's actually a good way for us to start putting the wrap on tonight's episode of the Shrews cast. So we will be off for the next couple of weeks as Matt mentioned that uh, as we get set for the day of Matt's wedding and also him being off for the uh, honeymoon but we will also be back in time for some NBA finals action we will also have some more Star Wars discussion you know we'll probably have some other discussions of video games with uh, e- the usual E3 time coming around you know there'll be another Nintendo Direct another PlayStation State of Play so uh be sure to tune in for that. Uh, what I'm and, and, 
what I might do, sir, during some of that downtime, I just thought about it there, might get back into some some more writing during some of the downtime I have over there at uh, Logan during some time when we're not crazy busy over there. Do some writing for the uh, the website. Got to finish up a few articles, finish up a series here, do some loose ends, get some reviews done. Um, so might be bringing some work with me, but who says that you can't work and have fun at the same time? That is true. And also, if you play Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, whenever I get the funds to finally purchase the game, I'm going to be Hugh Neutron, and I'm going to destroy anybody that competes against me. <laughs> this I will have to see. Make sure uh, make sure to supply the popcorn for oh, when for that sure. day happens. Oh, I will. Or the pie and Hugh Neutron's <laughs> I hear you there. So... Ladies and gentlemen, I think that's actually going to do it for this episode of the Shrews Cast. So we'll see you in the next couple weeks. And uh, Matt, as always, a lot of fun to be able to sit down, shoot the breeze. And uh, now I get set for a Saturday shift and then four more days of work. And then I am Logan bound to be there to witness a momentous day. For you and Selena, and I offer you my congratulations now, and there'll be more congratulatory remarks as uh, the week progresses, but uh, look forward to being part of it, and I'm honored to be a part of it. Thank you, sir, and it's an honor to have you as a part of it, uh, along with everybody else that's going to come together and make it the greatest day of my life. Amen to that. So, until next time, folks. For my partner, Matt Shrewsbury, I'm Joshua Buchanan, saying we enjoyed having you aboard, and we will see you in a couple weeks right back here on the Shrewscast. Yeah, thank you, and bye-bye.